There are many strange happenings in the wild country of British Columbia, and none more so than the singular event of coming into contact with a Sasquatch. In the indigenous tongue of a native people, the males are known as the Bukwas, and the females are named Sanakwa. The people who seek them out are known as Sasquatch researchers, and the following reports are from the files of one such man, Canada's preeminent Sasquatch researcher and seeker of the truth, Thomas Steenberg. This is West Coast Sasquatch Research. Okay, figure we'll start today off with uh, number 19 of my old Alberta files, known as the Bear Spa report. This occurred in a small little hamlet, Bear Spa, Alberta, which was at that time a small little hamlet northwest along the banks of the Bull River, northwest of Calgary, Alberta. Uh, back in the day, there was a little bit of country between the, the, the metropolis of Calgary and, uh, and Bear Spa, and there was still that way when I left. The city was getting closer and closer and closer it seemed on a monthly basis they built a new uh, bridge i believe it was route uh uh 207 i'm not but in 1978 this couple who i later met and interviewed in company with uh, researcher robert alley from alaska that's one of two times robert alley accompanied me to uh to a witness interview by that time, they had left Bear Spa because even back then they said the city was getting too close and so they decided to move to Cochrane. And that's where we interviewed them in their house in Cochrane, also off the, off the road. Now, I'll just read from my fall report, uh, Alberta Report 50019. In other words, the 19th incident I looked into when I started in Alberta. And I'll read directly from the file. If this particular were to occur today, it would be amazing. Not only is the area just outside Calgary city limits, but it's also only about two hours walk from my house. That was the case then when I, when I made this forward report. Anne and her son, Timothy Thomas, phoned me from their Cochrane home to tell me of an incident they had when they were living in Bear Spa. As I told you, a small community hamlet just northwest of Calgary on the banks of the Bow River. Mm -hmm. They told me they were willing to be interviewed. So Robert Alley and myself drove to their Cochrane to talk to the Thomas family. I first interviewed Ann Thomas. Please state your full name, Celeste Ann Thomas. Question, where did this incident occur? Answer, between Calgary and Cochrane, approximately three miles northwest of Calgary. Question, what date did this take place? I believe it was 1978, but when I think on it, it could have been still 1977. Question, describe the area in which it took place. 
was on the road leading down towards the river, coming from sort of the back trail, which nobody used, at least not often. Question, what distance would you estimate you were from this creature? Oh, hmm, I, I don't know, eighth of a mile, maybe less. Question, what was your first reaction? Answer, I just tried to figure out what it was. At first, I thought it might be a man with a backpack or a man carrying a large sack or one of the local boys going home, maybe with pocket equipment. But it was too squared. What was it doing? Answer. It was walking, walking very swiftly, and it disappeared from sight in a matter of seconds. Its hands were not moving, you know, what I mean, not swaying. And it was very squared, and it seemed to be covered with black fur, and it had a very sturdy legs. Question, did it stand walk on two legs? Answer, it was on two legs, fully erect. Question, did you ever see it go down on all fours? Answer, no. Question, was it covered in air? <coughs> Answer, I thought it was, black hair. Question, how tall would you estimate the subject to have been? Answer, well, approximately, pause here, she's thinking, seven feet. Yes, yeah, seven, maybe a little bigger. It was definitely taller than a man. Question, what would you estimate its weight to have been? Answer, oh my goodness. Remember, she put her hand to her cheek and I only saw the back of it. Um, then I broke in with another question. Does it seem to you to be very heavy or light? Answer, well, its legs, you know, seem to be double the size of a man. I imagine he was very heavy, maybe 300 pounds. Question, do you see any facial features? Answer, no. Question, could you describe the arms? Uh, the arms were straight down. They were much bigger than, than a man's, and they did not swing that much when it was walking. Question, could you tell if it was male or female? Answer, no. Question, how long did you see this thing for? Answer, oh, I would say, oh, no, four minutes, five minutes, something like that. Question, did it ever make any noise? Answer, no, I heard no noise. But the smell, the smell was terrible. And she basically answered a question before I asked it right there. Question, did the creature see you? Answer, I don't believe so. It might have since the dog was scared. It might have been around the house for all I know. Question, after the creature moved off, did you check for footprints? Answer, no, I was afraid. And my son didn't want to either. Question, did you report what you saw to the police? Answer, no, because I thought it would be laughed at. You know? Question, did you report this to anyone else? Answer, just family members. All I got was, a, you know, they all got a big kick out of it. Question, in your own words, describe what happened. 
Well, the dog started to whimper outside. So I figured that some of the other dogs were picking on him. I went out and he was under the porch whimpering and the way I never heard him whimper before. Then the odor struck me. It was awful. So I, I called to my son and we got the dog out and then went on with whatever we were doing. I went over to the French windows and I noticed that it was starting to snow. And then I noticed this thing walking in the direction of the river. And that would take him across Bearspaw Road. Like in that area down in the trans cattle, my son and I asked, could you see the back sack on his back? Because it looked very big. My son said it looks like too big to be a man. So I looked hard at it. And it looked like a black animal fur. His legs were very, very stocky. And it took big steps. It was very squared on the upper body area. And it just walked out of sight. Now, I did interview the son as well. Separately from his mother. You gotta forgive me, the pages are getting to stick a little bit because I think this is the first time I've opened this file in like 15 years. <laughs> Next, I interviewed Timothy Thomas in a different in a different room from his mother Anne. Timothy's statement was a little different. Now, was his name Timothy or Jim? I think his name is Timothy Jim Thomas. Uh, at the time, at the time, the uh, they wanted to be their identity kept confidential, but that uh -huh. is since passed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. curious. Yeah. I interviewed Timothy Thomas in a different room from his mother Anne. Say your full name, Timothy Patrick Thomas. Where does this interest occur? Answer: Bearspaw. What date did this take place? November 1978. Or, wait a minute, it could have been 79. Nope, 78. Was the signing at night or day? At night. Question, what time of night? Answer, about 10 p.m. Describe the area in which this incident took place. Um. Answers, simple grass, flat area, hilly in some spots, sparsely tree. Question, what distance would you estimate you were from the, from the subject when you saw it? Answer, about 200 yards. Question, what was your first reaction? Answer, big, very big. Kind of misunderstanding the question there. Question, what was it doing? Answer, it was walking. Question, did it stand and walk upright? Answer, it walked on two legs with the upper part of the torso slightly haunched. Question, did it ever go down all fours? Answer, no. Was it covered in hair? Answer, it appeared to be. Question, what color was it? Answer, black. Question, how tall would you estimate this thing to have been? 
answer. Oh, about six and a half, maybe to seven feet tall. Question. What would you estimate its weight to have been? I'm, I don't know, 280 pounds, somewhere around there. I think that personally, I think they're really underestimating its weight. Question. Did you see any facial features? Answer. No. Question. Can you describe its arms? Answer. Well, the arms hung at its side. And he sort of trailed off there. Question. Could you see if it was male or female? Answer. No. Question. How long did you see it for? Answer. Two minutes, thereabouts. A little different from his mother. She said about five minutes. Question. Did it make any noise? Answer. No. Question. Did it see you? Answer. Not to my knowledge. Yeah. Question. Did it smell? He said yes, before and during. Question. Can you describe it? Answer. I was... No, I really can't describe it. Question, was it bad? Answer, worse than sulfur. Question, after it moved off, did you check for footprints? Answer, no. Question, did you report what you saw to the police? Answer, no. Question, did you report it to anyone? Answer, no. Again, your own words to try what happened. Well, it's around 10 p.m. My mother and I were sitting in the house when the dog started to bark. I went outside to see what the problem was. He, he was a guard dog, so he only barked when something's in the yard. I went out on the porch to calm him down. And the dog shot into the house whimpering. I start to smell this stench, and I looked across the road, and I saw this huge figure. I knew that it was big, too big to be a person. I went back into the house and to the front porch, and we watched it walk in a southward direction towards the river. Question, did you see it first, or did your mother answer? I did. That directly uh, contradicts what she said. But maybe she just didn't notice him see it first. I don't know. Question. And you told her and she came out to watch it with you? Answer, yes. I got the impression when I interviewed the mother, it was the other way around. But okay. There are discrepancies in Timothy's version of what happened when he compared to his mother. For instance, they both claimed to have seen it first. And through the French windows, Timmy from outside. And said the dog was under the porch and that she went outside to see what was wrong with it. Timmy said he went outside to see what was wrong with the dog. And he made no mention of the dog being under the porch. And said the dog was whimpering while Timothy was in. Well, Timothy says the dog was barking. Well, at least he said it was barking at first. As for the creature, Timothy says the torso was slightly hot so the creature, as the creature walked. And says that it stood quite erect. Both agreed that the colored creature was, was what jet black and that it walked away from them in the southwest direction towards the river. 
And that basically uh, is what happened on uh, November 1978, Bear Spot, Alberta, Alberta, file 50019, the 19th incident I looked at. So Thomas, so Thomas, now that this is, what, 40 years old, uh, thinking back on it, uh, do you do you think uh, that, uh, I'm not saying they didn't see anything, but do you think it was the mother who actually saw it and the son was just getting in on the attention? Or because he said, the mother seemed um, to give more positive answers and he seemed to be a little vague on what he knew and what he saw and compared to her. I know. I think, I think they, my personal opinion is that's a possibility, but I, I generally think they both did see it. They just weren't paying attention to what each other was doing at the time. Uh, Until they got back in the house and both watched it walk off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can, that's I what can I think. see that. It may have been under the porch when Ann went out and then it was on the porch and running inside when he came out. That's right, because yeah, dog, yeah, I wondered about the discrepancy. She says hiding and whining. He says out mm. front and barking. Yeah. So which is it? Mm. So uh, they've been both. It could, yes, it could have been both. Mm. No law says it couldn't be both. Yeah. At the time, I remember at the time of the bear spot incident that the the witnesses uh, did not wish to be identified. And the only reason that passed uh, is changed now, as far as I know, she has passed away for some years now. Yeah. And uh, I have no idea where he is. So, how, did you, how did you first hear about this? The, they the, contacted the, me. They contacted me. Oh, and yeah. how, how long after the incident was that? Well, I think I interviewed them in 1981. Yeah. Yeah, but and, I mean, was uh, it was it when they got a hold of you? Was it a week old, or was it a two week old tale, or was it years well, old? Well, part of them, it happened. It happened in November of either nineteen seventy eight or seventy nine. Oh, mm-hmm. so that was matter of fact. I remember sitting down there. They're trying to figure out was it seventy eight or seventy nine, <laughs> and it was November and and early November and and. Just uh, between Halloween and Remembrance Day, and there hadn't been that much snow yet, which is rather odd in Calgary because I remember quite a few Halloweens in Calgary. It was minus twenty-two with five feet of snow on the ground. Uh-huh. Uh, quite a few were they were just as warm and nice as they, as they are here. It was always a flip of the coin which way it would be, and they kind of concluded at the end of the interview that it probably happened in nineteen seventy-eight. Hmm. You say that uh, Bears Paw is uh, just practically a subdivision of Calgary. Yeah, it may even be. If you look, it at probably is. <laughs> yeah, it's been overrun by Calgary. Like Calgary, even back when I was there, uh, I left Calgary and Alberta in general in uh, 2002 to move here to the West Coast. And back then, Bears Paw, the city, was just seemed to be coming closer and closer and closer every year. You know, the urban neighborhoods. Sure. Sprawl. You know, instead of a nice farmhouse every couple of kilometers, you had walls and it almost looked like an advance. Yeah. <laughs> and and they're just getting closer and closer and closer. Back in 78, they were still a little farther away. But uh, it, uh, it may even be overrun now. Now, it could be that the city only came up to a certain point and continued to expand northward. I don't know. It does look like it's still, Bear Spot itself is still, according to Google Maps, 
is basically uh, sagebrush country. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I know one thing from listening uh, to these reports in uh, Alberta. My my son uh, my son lives in Calgary with his family, so uh, it's going to make visits there all that more interesting now that I have all these names bouncing around in my head of these different <laughs> areas where there's been reports, and uh, <laughs> I got places I want to see. Yeah. So okay, that's that one, and uh, we'll be back in a moment with another report from the Steinberg Chronicles. Stand by. Now, this next Alberta file was is number 50092, in other words, Alberta Incident 92, which is one of the last ones I ever looked into in the province of Alberta. And it occurred long after I had left Alberta. So I sort of uh, heard about this secondhand. The following report was forwarded to me by one Cliff Barackman of, uh, uh, you well know, uh, uh, searching for Bigfoot fame. Yep, Cliff and uh, yep. yep, Cliff location. and Bobo. Yep, location is the Bow Valley Campground, an old bank of the Both River near Exha, Alberta. The date this occurred was May 2011. The time was approximately 8.45 p.m. The following report was forwarded to me by Cliff Brackman. The witness had submitted the report to Cliff's webpage, and it took a while to contact him as he was on vacation with his family to British Columbia for a few weeks, the witness in this case. So he did not hear my phone message for him for some time. He called me on the night of May the 6th, 2013. I made arrangements to interview him over the telephone the following evening. The witness did express the desire to rem- remain confidential. So only his initials will appear in this report. And I'm assuming that it still stands, so the witness will remain confidential. First question, could you state your full name for me? Answer, withheld from reporting, initially used AV, Alpha Victor. What is your pressing mailing address? Answer. Not going to tell you. Withheld from report. What is your phone number? I asked. He told me, but I'm not going to tell you. What is your occupation, Alpha Victor? I work for Mercedes Benz Parts Department. Are you former military, aren't you? Answer. Yes. What branch of the military? Here it comes. Army, 2nd Battalion, PPCLI. That's Prince Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry. Good. Remember man. that, folks. <laughs> You'll be asked questions later. Yeah. Do you wear corrective lenses? Occasionally, for reading, answer. Were you wearing them at the time of this incident? Yes. What was your age at the time of the incident? I would have been 30. Please tell me what happened. Now, you know, later on, I asked that question at the beginning of the interview, rather at the end, like I did in the previous Pierce Bond interview. Basically, what happened is we went out camping. 
It was the first time we had gone camping that year. We, we had gone to the campground Saturday morning. We spent the day there. We, you know, did the typical camping things, walking the dog, had lunch. We had just finished up for dinner, and we decided to go down for a walk by the river. We were just quite, kind of walking along the bank for a bit, not paying much attention to anything. The sun had just gone behind the mountains, which is why we decided to start heading back. I took the dog down to the edge of the river. And when she got down there, she just started staring across the river. I didn't think much of it at this point. Told her to get a drink, hurry up. She kept staring across the river. And then all of a sudden, the hair on her back started to bristle. I looked over and couldn't see anything out of the ordinary. She is still intently staring across. So I kind of got on top of her and put my head, my head on top of her, her head so I could see in the direction she was looking at. Very military-minded. <laughs> then I saw this large mass across the river. It was um, 150, 130 yards away from us. I originally didn't know whether it was a large bear or a rock because it wasn't moving. Then after about 30 seconds of looking at it, I bent down to the dog and told her, come on, let's go. And looked up again, and that's when I saw it stand up. It stood up and took a, took, took a step to its, would have been to its left, kind of pivoted. It took three more steps into the tree line. It was three distinct steps I saw. And when it went into the tree line, into the shadows, it just blended so well into the shadows of the trees. I could not see it anymore. Uh, question, where did this incident occur? Answer, Bow Valley Campground, which is Bow Valley Provincial Park, just east of Canmore, Alberta, just off the Trans-Canada Highway. It's right on the Bow River. Question, you near the old cement pit on the river, right? He goes, yes, down, just down the river a little bit. And I have a uh, Steenberg note here. Cement plant is kind of an eyesore as you drive along the Trans-Canada Highway. It lies on the north bank of the river along Route 1A. Well, the Trans-Canada Highway is running along the river's south bank. The plant was a small community called Ekshaw. Most of the population works at the plant. Question, what date does this take place? Answer, we always go camping on... Um, it was the weekend before the May long weekend, Victoria Day long weekend, the weekend before that. I think it would have been May 10th or 11th, a Saturday before the long weekend. It was the first weekend we go camping. Steenberg note here. In his report to Cliff Brackman, he wrote May 14th. At this point, he starts to go into details which have not been asked yet. He continues. When I first saw it, like sometimes you notice a witness tends to want to give an answer before you answer it. You know I mean, he wants to get this out. When I first saw it, I, you know, I know it wasn't, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't think much of it. You know, my thought of the situation, it wasn't possible because there are none. 
Sasquatch in backwards. In other words, he says he, he didn't believe in Sasquatch. He wouldn't even consider the possibility. In Alberta, there's 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 more in BC and Washington, Oregon, right? So I didn't make a report at the time. It was later on that year that I actually reading through the paper came across this article about one Todd Standing and his accounts and everything, and looked at his research and what he was and was not doing. And I saw, so whatever, I put this whole thing by the wayside for a bit. It was possibly close to the year after I saw it, I started talking a little bit about it. I made a report to another research people and we did the interview and went on to the location. He told me there had been other activity in the area the same month reported by other people. Steenberg, no. In his written report to Cliff Barackman, he wrote that a researcher from the BFRO named Gary Crone went with him to the location on June 2012. Question, what time of night did this occur? It was just after the sun went down, between 8 and 9 o'clock. The sun had been gone behind the mountain, and that's why we kind of were heading back. So it was still light enough that you could see. But there was no glow from the sun in the west direction. Describe the area which it took place. Just off the Bow River, fairly, well, as you know, it's a large river. It was on the south bank or the north bank. We were on, I would say, east bank. It would have been on the west bank. Does the river run west to east at this point? Um, yes, it runs west to east. So was the subject on the north or south bank? Oh, okay. It would be on, I'm trying to think here. It would have been on the North Bank. Steenberg, no. I think he's wrong here. The campground lies on the North Bank of the Bow River. And he was looking at it, he said, across the river. So that means it would have been the South Bank, which is where they were camping. And the subject was on the opposite bank and would have to have been on the South Bank. So you're saying it was on the North Bank? Uh, yeah, I think so. Question, what distance would you estimate you were from the subject when you saw it? Oh, 150 to about 130 yards. Question, what color was it? I really couldn't get a color, not a specific color, but it was dark, but not really jet black. Possibly a very, very heavy dark brown. When I thought it was a grizzly, it, but it was darker than a grizzly. It wasn't a black bear. Way too big for a black bear. Uh, you know, a, gray, a greyhound, there's a, a color which is called dun. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I heard of that. I heard of yeah, that. Yeah, which is gray with some brown mixed with it. It was similar to that. Question, what was your first impression of it? At first, I thought... And when it was hunkered down, at first I thought it was either a rock or a grizzly bear. But it's when it stood up. That's when I was 100% sure I knew that what, what it wasn't. Uh, and I knew it wasn't a person just from the size of it. I know it wasn't a bear because a bear doesn't stand up on two feet and pivot that way and walk off clear, with a, clearly with a stride. How did you react when you first saw it? 
shock, more or less. I was basically trying to process what, what, what this was. I just saw this, and I can't explain what I saw. I felt no fear of excitement or anything like that. It was more, you know, military, you know, trying to evaluate situations and surroundings. Uh, and I just tried to figure out what it was I saw. I really can't explain it. What was it doing? It was just bending down near the river. I, I don't know if it was digging in the river or bank or as soon as I, when I was looking at it, there was no movement from it whatsoever. Then I, then as I said, about 30 seconds, I turned around and went to grab my dog and looked away from it. And I looked back and that's when it got up and moved. So I don't know if it noticed me way over there or I was just standing or I was just standing still or it was just standing still. Then I broke looking at it and when it decided to get up and move. Question, was it hairy? Answer, I really couldn't tell if it was hairy, but it was a solid color. Maybe 115 to 130 yards. I really couldn't distinguish hair. It wasn't skin. It wasn't clothing. But I can't really rule out that it, what it wasn't. I can't say with 100% certainty that it was hair. That kind of impressed me. How far do you think you were from it? 115 to 130 yards. Did Stan walk upright? Yes. Did you ever see it go down on all fours? No. How tall would you estimate it was? Well, based on the size, Distance, uh, seven and a half. I would say seven and a half foot range. Question, how much do you think it weighed? Answer, I would be about 500 pounds easily. Shoulder width, arm being in the military, you see guys at a distance walking with full rock sacks and gear. 130 pound gear kit on their back. That's not an exaggeration. I remember that. And the thing was bigger than that. Question, how long did you see it for? 30 seconds. When it was standing, and so when it was either squatting or sitting, 30 seconds while it was down by the river. And from the time it stood up and took those three steps in the bush, it was maybe 8 to 10 seconds. When it was down by the river, was it at the water's edge? Yes, right at the water's edge, yes. How far from the water's edge was the tree line? Oh, I didn't go over there, but I estimate maybe 10 yards. Did it see you? Answer, I think it did. So what was its reaction? I think its reaction was to stay as still as possible, which it, which it did until I broke eye contact with it. And as soon as I did that, that's when it got up and moved to the bush. Could you see any facial features? Answer, no. Question, could you tell if it was male or female? Answer, no. Question, could you describe the arms? Answer, when it walked, it did have an arm swing. You could see that. You could see the motion. Question, did it make any noise? Answer, no, no noise. Question, did you smell anything before, during, or after? Answer, I didn't. I honestly think my dog might have, which might be why she was staring, looking over there. 
Question, what breeds your dog? Answer, she's a greyhound. Question, how old? She would have been three and a half when this happened. Question, did she bark or growl at the subject? No, not at all, which is strange for her. Question, are there any other physical characteristics of the subject which stand out in your memory? Answer, just the fact that when it did get up, it made a step with the, it made a step with the left hand, I mean the left leg, and I mean it made a distinct pivot 180 degrees toward the tree line. Question, did you check for footprints later on? He said, no, I did not, not knowing what it was. Question, did you report this to anyone? I did report it to the BFRO. I talked to one of their representatives in the area here. We went out to the area where this happened, and he told me within a month and a half, there were two other sightings in the same area. Steenberg note. The BFRO researcher was one Gary Crone. At this time, I have no knowledge of the two other incidents he claimed to have mentioned here. The witness went on for some time here telling me how he went quite for a time because he went quiet for a time because he did not, he did some reading and research on his own and, and was doubting himself because he had seen some video footage from one Todd Standing. I doubt, his doubt was from the fact that what he saw did not resemble the standing footage. And as well as you know, I have a very good reason for believing why it didn't resemble whatever was from my Todd standing. And I write right here, there's good reason for that in, the, in my opinion. Yeah. Question, describe your general outdoor experience for me. Answer, I grew up camping. And we continue to camp now. We go out with the dog quite a bit. I was in the military, so I have outdoor training, survival training. You know how to act when you're confronted with different animals found in Canada. And this was nothing given to us, a recognized animal in Canada. I can navigate topographically well. I can survive with limited supplies for quite some time. I'm not a, I'm, am not outdoors a lot anymore, but when I get in the chance, we do go. Steenberg, no. Having served in the same regiment as our witness in this report, I can say, say with experience that the Sasquatch is not included with any wildlife recognition course taught by the Canadian Army. Okay. But the survival and outdoor survival courses are extenuous. I know it nearly killed me a half a dozen times. Oh, and there's where he hit me with the bombshell. My daughter was there, but she did not see it. Yeah, kind of late in the report, but it's yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I said, was she at the river bank with you and the dog? Answer, she was at the river tank bank. She was throwing rocks in the water. Question, you, you didn't try to draw her attention to it at all? She answered, no, I didn't know what it was. 
Question, how old was she at the time? She was eight, so she's just a little kid. And I think, and I suspect, assuming the story is factual, that maybe it was paying attention to her rather than him, but who knows. Question, what do you think it was? Answer, originally, I thought, I didn't, I thought, it looks like a Sasquatch or Bigfoot or but. At the same time, I thought they don't live here, <laughs> being Alberta. Mm -hmm. yeah. So obviously, our witness had no previous knowledge of Sasquatch reports on the east side of the Rocky Mountains. They're on the west coast, and I always thought this was his reported range and habitat. After a while, after I processed everything, it came to me that that's more likely what it was. Question, have any of your friends or family members ever made an incident like this before? No. Are you convinced that you saw a Sasquatch? Answer, right now, the more I process this, yes. Question, have you ever made a report like this to anyone before? No. Which is rather odd since he told Cliff Brackman, told the BFRO. Do you wish to remain confidential? Yes, just because of my work. The reason I haven't mentioned it to a lot of people is because of my profession and my family. I would like to remain confidential. That's why Alpha Victor will not be identified in this broadcast. Alpha Victor seems to me to be an individual who encountered something, which he tried to find out more about, and for some time was disillusioned by the workings of a well-known hoaxer. I won't repeat the name. Todd Shannon. Fortunately, you, you he didn't, didn't end up. It. <laughs> he did end up talking to another researcher from the BFRO, whom whom did an investigation in the matter. Though I'm a little surprised he did not mention filing a report to Cliff Byrackman, whom brought this case to my attention in the first place. That's how I ended up contacting this witness. I remember when I was in Alberta, I looked into a few reports from this same general campground back in the 1980s. Also, there's a long history of this. It's all along the Bow River and near Banff National Park. Thomas Steinberg. Well, you know, Thomas, uh, listening to the report, yeah, it threw a couple of curves at me for certain. And was it ever established, he said, we go camping, we were camping, we were... Who's we? Who was with him? I'm taking it as wife and daughter. Was his wife with him? No. Obviously, now we find out the daughter on the yeah. tail end was with him, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the wife wasn't out on that walk with no, him. No, not the wife. It was his daughter, him, and his dog. <laughs> and he did mention to the very end of the interview that the daughter was even with him at the time. And as far as I know, he didn't mention that. In fact, I have a I have a copy of what he wrote to the BFRO here, if you'd like to hear that. Well, I was just wondering because um, uh, I, I was trying to figure out why did he tell his dog to go with him? Like, come on, let's go. And say nothing about the fact his daughter was down by the river throwing rocks in it. I'm assuming the daughter was just at his side at the same time. <laughs> that, well, I know. I don't I know. believe this man was leaving his daughter as a sacrifice. No, no, no. no. 
<laughs> no, 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 not at all. No, but it was but just it, some it, it, inconsistencies. It, yeah. What is interesting is, according to him, maybe a different story now because I've had this experience for, before with another case. He doesn't think the, the daughter saw it okay. at all. He didn't draw the daughter's attention to it or saw it. And you may remember a case I did uh, on the coast. We never thought the little girl saw it at all until years later. The little girl said, well, what was that big monkey we were looking at that day? <laughs> it seems like uh, there, there's a certain age at which a child turns into uh, an observer, more yeah. observant of its surroundings, but still keeps its mouth shut, shall we say. <laughs> like uh, the, they're more accepting in, in their own ways. It's after they get to be about 11, 12, 13-year-olds that, uh, you know, they're 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 scared to death but i think in this case maybe the little girl did see it yeah maybe you know did did the alleged sasquatch see her and when he turned he took his eyes off it and turned to walk back with the dog and he turned back to look at it again he said that's when it stood up and walked away it's almost like it knew it's no longer looking at he He's no longer looking at me. It's time for me to go. Just like what a rabbit would do. Yeah, but he, he did turn and he did see it get up and walk off. And I guess he the creature, by the sound of what he what he described, did wasn't aware of the fact that he was looking at it again. Yeah. Uh, so I know you asked the question. Uh the, the tree line must have been rather close to the river embankment for it to disappear so quickly. Between 10 and 15 yards. Yeah, the Bow Valley campground is quite treed. Quite, it's quite a lovely little area. Yeah. 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 And it's uh, that's uh, that's an interesting report, I must say. And uh, he's uh, I guess his military background kept him from breaking and getting out of there as fast as possible. It seemed like uh, the, the Sasquatch blinked first. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, his daughter's there, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, wow, it, it would be curious to be able to talk to that daughter and say, do you remember a trip that you and your dad and mom took up to this park yeah. <laughs> many years ago? And uh, did you ever recall seeing anything strange? As a matter or? of fact, now that I recall, I did mention it in the report, I think it was just him and his daughter on this camping trip. The, the, uh, his wife didn't come along. It was like daddy-daughter day mm-hmm. yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, they took the dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I can see from the report that he sure got in contact with a number of people about it, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, Cliff and uh, then the uh, other BC investigator. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's well documented. Yeah. Okay, sir. That's great. You know, folks, you got to listen into the next one because the next, the next uh, feature we're going to do not today, but on the next program, next podcast, we're doing the Crandall campground incident. Now this is a famous story. It has all the air markings of a truthful account and a very, a very compelling report as far as reports go. This is a multi-siding, and all of the witnesses back each other up pretty good. And uh, 
you're going to really enjoy it. I've uh, gone through that as probably quite a many of you have already. I've gone through that report a dozen times and uh, it still rings as truthful as the first time I read it. I can't find any real flaws in it. It's and one of my favorites, and I think it'll be considered a Sasquatch classic one of these days. It should be right up there with Bowman and all the rest of them, you know. I mean, uh, Ape Canyon and uh, most definitely. most. Definitely. I, know, I know in the province of Alberta, the Sasquatch feel the problem that I've heard a lot of the bighorn damage in 1969, this is considered the story of the province of Alberta. Yeah. And it makes me dang proud to be able to produce it onto something like this so people can hear you talk about it in your own terms instead of just answering questions. Give them the entire report and what was happening and your opinion and beliefs on the subject uh, as an afterward, you know, so... Hey, come on back for the next one, guys. You're going to really, really enjoy the Crandall Campground. Thomas, thank you again, sir, for your time and your efforts. And it's a real pleasure to do this uh, show with you. And uh, stick around, folks. There will be much more because after the, the Crandall Campground, then we're going to go for a little trek across the Rockies to B.C. And uh, <laughs> we're going to be doing stories from B.C. Yeah. So, okay, Thomas, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it, my friend. And my uh, we, we will talk again real soon. Okay, dear listener, that about wraps it up for now. My name is Jerry Matthews. You can reach me at yellowcoyote at talus.net. Thank you for your interest. And until the next time, keep searching. <laughs>